Oh, welcome back to the Ray Lotto Morning Show. On News Talk 94.7 and 970 WAY. Well, Greg, you know who's here. He's got a piece of paper that you have to sign with both hands. But you've got oh, no. to grab it from behind your back. <laughs> right. You have to use both hands. Jack Campbell, our Sangamon County Sheriff, is here joining us. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing great, Ray. Good morning. And Greg, he's he's brought jobs for us jobs, to do yeah. when we finally get out of this horrible business. <laughs> I do. What, what do you? What do you? What's going on with us? With the county? What do you guys got? Well, we're uh, open up our correctional officer testing, and um, we have applications uh, that we're taking right now. And uh, the deadline will actually be this coming Wednesday, May twenty second. I bet Greg could be a correctional officer. I think both of you could. Physical, I, I, there's can, no I, way. Can I don't probably manhandle some people. I don't. I mean, I, I, that's not the proper way. I'm sure. Yeah, to, let's not. <laughs> let's not say that. <laughs> I don't have knees or temperament to be a, or patience to be a, a correctional guard. I, no, I, I rather I enjoy chasing people around with microphones uh, and getting in the comments. What, what, so are I think the, what, what are the physical requirements to be a correctional officer? Well, um, it's we don't have to. St- to pass the state power test to be a correctional officer the way that you do to be an, a police officer. Okay. Uh, but at the county, we require um, some light lifting, so to speak. Um, right. We require a um, oh, where you jog in place and you have to do 10 up-downs where you go down into a push-up position oh, and back no up. Way. I'm done. Burpees. And then burpees, yeah. 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 And then um, uh, a, a sprint down a hallway, up a set of stairs, and then back down the stairs, pick up a 150-pound dummy and drag it back down the hallway. Okay. That's it. Real, that's all? That's, that's it. it? That's it. Oh. So if you can do that under a certain time, you got to do it under a certain time. But uh, no, what, it's, it's what other qualifications are there other than that? Well, Greg, thank you for asking. This is this is the biggest change. Do we need uh, a bachelor's degree? <laughs> we do not need an a associate's degree. degree. We do not need an associate's degree. So we really got, we got a big change. Um, for many years, we had required uh, some college at least thirty hours, and uh, I'm happy to announce that we're going to open up. Uh, more opportunities for more people to come and work for the sheriff's office, and we're only going to require a high school diploma to, uh, really? to as a minimum requirement. Yes. So what? How old do you have to be to apply for this? You can. You have to be 21 by the time we hire you. Okay. So it's a two-year list. So as long as you're 19, you can uh, submit an application, uh, but we can't hire you until you turn 21. And what's the maximum age? That there you is need? no maximum age. Really? That's the good thing about it too. So we're. You're saying someone like listen. I'm 50. You're saying I could walk in and uh, absolutely, really, absolutely, yep. So we're, um, we're you ha- wouldn't look at me and go, this guy is crazy. You're not going to hire some 50 year old. Well, you, you know what? It's that- always good to have a blend of some experience right. and some gray hairs and some young, uh, energetic people. So we're always looking for uh, a combination. I'll be darned. Yep, that's fantastic. Yep. So we're uh, we'd like for uh, any potential applicants to uh, go to our website, which is Sangamon County, one word hyphen sheriff.com so sangamon county hyphen sheriff.com and uh down at the bottom of our web page is a link to the application you can fill it out online it's a fillable uh pdf online but you have to download it uh print it out and bring it in in person so you can't email it to us sheriff uh, uh jack let me ask you um is this the first time you guys have made it to where all you need is a in a high school uh you know but a diploma to to do this? Sheriff Williamson, back early in his career, so All this right. is talk, talking about the late 90s, um, he had uh, changed the minimum requirements for both correctional officer and a deputy uh, to college. Um, started out as 30 hours, um, correction stayed at 30 hours, and then deputies went on to a bachelor's degree eventually. So this is this is the first time in, you know, 20 years or so that we've 
we've had this requirement. But, Ray, I think it's pretty well known that um, throughout the country, law enforcement applicants are down about 60%. I think it's the number one career uh, is down in applicants. Really? You think that uh, – boy, what do you – what do you – what do you – make of that i mean well you know you could probably argue about this all day but you know there's certainly been some incidents that the media has blown up we believe um you know there's been different tiers uh created that has altered the uh the pay and the the length of time you have to serve so there's a variety of of issues probably that have come up but who knows for sure which one is the main one um yeah i mean that's weird it seems like the guys i know that do it for a long time I mean, they make nice livings. I mean, yeah, it's hard hours, but uh, it doesn't seem like a horrible job. No, it, you know, it's, it's really a calling. You have it's a certain mindset. It's a Type A personality that needs to do these jobs, and uh, um, you know, we're just we just need some good applicants. And- is it is it that we we suddenly have more prisoners and we need more people, or have people retired, or what's the what's the what's got us to the point of we need to lessen the uh, requirements to, to bring people in? Well, for us um, at Salmon County, it's, a lot of our correctional officers leave and become law enforcement officers, whether it's the city of Springfield oh, okay. or other villages around the county, or they move out of state. But uh, many of them uh, want to get their foot in the door in law enforcement okay. oh. and criminal justice. So they, they, they start that route and then they move on. So you'll see like uh, people want to be a police officer for whatever city or wherever. And they'll take a correctional officer job to get started. To get started into a system and, and into a retirement program, you know, uh, it's it's a full benefit. You know, correctional officers are, are just like the deputies; they get uh, full retirements at the end of their career. And, and um, you know, a lot of times we take them to be deputies too. So, and that's that's something else we want to advertise. Oh, you'll that, take you'll take. Oh yes, we you'll take need the, a deputy, and you'll take someone. We'll from take the somebody out of, out of the corrections. Yep, and uh, we certainly uh, recognize that that is a key component in the criminal justice system is our correctional officers. So we're. Happy to get them started there and see what kind of employee they're going to be. Hey, your deputies are doing really good. I appreciate it. They, they're they working hard. You guys probably keep track of the dirt team a little bit in the Listen, media. And... Especially the one that didn't give me the ticket a couple weeks ago. I thought he was fantastic. Well, anyway. <laughs> there, there is such thing as officer discretion. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but I mean, you, you guys, yeah, your dirt team has been on it. and and uh, But as a whole, I mean, the Sagamon County deputies have been... You know, we're never reporting any bad stuff. Right. Which is, you know, I appreciate And, you know, our, our hiring process is a little bit different than a lot of law enforcement agencies where, you know, our applicants complete all the required testing, a physical agility test, a background check, a yeah. written test. And then we have a, a big pool to choose from. So we believe we get the best of the best yeah. by having a big pool that they're not hired in order. You know, sometimes a, a good test taker may not be a, a good police officer. But yet the way many agencies are set up, the higher you score – you know, the faster you're, you're hired. We'd rather pull you in for an interview, talk to your neighbors, do a little background check, and just see what kind of person you are. So that's so you will take a corrections officer or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Someone who's an officer in a smaller community or yes. a city or something, and yeah. you'll make them a difference. And, right, you know, our corrections officers have a big advantage that they know criminals by sight. Um, yeah, they see they, them, yeah. they can be walking, they can be going out to their car to go home, and they see somebody walking down the road that they know has a warrant for them because they know them by name. So, you know, it's it's they deal with the, the same inmates over and over again their whole career. Right, I'm going to ask you a question that it might, might be unfair. I don't know. But uh, these guys, you know, you see the criminals in the, the county and stuff. Mm-hmm. If this recreational marijuana thing happens and there's an expungement, are you f- just I guess as a law enforcement officer, 
What is what are your thoughts on expungement? You know, it's it's very problematic. Um, I know the constitutionality is going to be questioned here, and that's for the lawyers to figure out. Right. But in law enforcement, you, you know, I don't know, Ray. If, if you got a ticket um, for going sixty and a forty, and then it changes speed limit uh, to to sixty down the road, does that mean we go back and, and act like you didn't drive sixty when it was forty? They knew what the law was when they broke it. Right. Um, in addition, the current bill that's being proposed, um, uh, uh, and uh, convictions that are going to be expunged will still be illegal under the new bill. You understand it? It's, right. So they're, they're, they're going beyond. They're out kicking their coverage here. They're, they want to expunge something that will still be illegal under the new bill they're proposing. So it doesn't make any sense. So you're you're saying that at, at the time, if you go out and you know what you're doing is wrong, it's a big difference in you doing something knowing it's illegal as compared to someone who has no idea what, that they think what they're doing is fine. Right, right. And and these people were, were were manufacturing delivering large quantities of cannabis into our schools, into our neighborhoods, into our communities that were negatively impacting and that, us. And that's it, large quantities is the key phrase there because don't we have what's what's decriminalized now or what what do we um, I, it's uh, under ten, right? So it's, I believe, is what the number is. I have no idea how much is is, but they say if you have like the equivalent of a couple joints on you, right, whatever, right, yeah. That and if you're, even if you're pulled over and you guys search or whatever, that that's not even enough to. Uh, if you find someone with a no. joint, you don't go no, to jail for no, that. no. And that's not who we're worried about. Truthfully, right, right. those people, you know, the ones that were user amounts and, and a joint or two in their pocket are not going to be problems for us. But the ones that were that were, you know, selling this uh, 10 years ago were a problem, and they still may be a problem under any potential recreational bill. So it's it's something that we're concerned about, and um, it just I, I think they're getting ahead of themselves on this bill. The recreational stuff, when recreational pot becomes legal, do you think there's still going to be illegal drug dealing going on? Absolutely. And selling? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that um, if you look out in Colorado, and I've talked to folks, and you know my experience in the medical cannabis program, yeah. I've talked to folks out in Colorado, and these cartels uh, literally are coming in neighborhoods and buying houses and then filling that house with plants, and they're keeping it for a year, year and a half, and, manu- and, and growing and selling as much as they possibly can, and then they abandon the house because it's, it's legal for them to have it in their houses out there and grow it in their house. Right. So nobody's paying attention to it. Nobody inspects them. Nobody keeps an eye on it. So they're still selling illegal pot, even though you can, and I'm not sure how it is in Colorado, but you could walk into a store and just buy some pot, but you're saying the illegal stuff is still there. Oh, yes, because of the, the, the quantity, the volume of it. They, You know, you can only have so much on your person. I don't know what it is in Colorado. Um, but but they still need to uh, cr- you know uh, produce mass amounts of this to to make money and they're they're certainly doing it because I mean on the surface it sure seems that if um, if it's legal why would you buy illegal but then again I I find it hard to put my mind well the in. cartels don't own dispensaries yeah yeah I, they, well, they don't want to get they don't want to get licensed and get registered or anything so they're going to come in and they know there's nobody paying attention to it because it's legal so they just yeah. they produce as much as they want but do they undercut the price or why do they why because i'm just saying as a consumer from and I, I that's all i know is the consumer aspect of things i don't know i've never i don't sell anything illegal so i don't know how they do it but i'm saying as a consumer if you could go in and legally buy pot somewhere why would you buy it because you're still breaking the law if you buy it illegally, Correct. right? Yes. So why would you do it? It's, that's that's what's shocking. The amount, 
the amount and then they all keep selling it to somebody else and you know there's more and more users in colorado it's become a magnet for the west i i believe that no adjacent state to colorado has recreational pro uh, a program so they're all coming into uh oh, they're driving from other states oh and yeah stuff and sure do you foresee a problem in illinois if they if they make it recreational yes i think that you'll see um you'll see uh, young our teens will be using it you know remember this they they pay attention to the law and right. when they believe that hey this is okay because this is legal you're going to see younger and younger people getting it and I, I i'm not a doctor but i believe the studies show that the the younger users are the most vulnerable that's the ones that impacts their their brain development and their their thinking process and i think that will it will damage our society but you won't see it you know till down the road i think when i was when i was a kid I hate to say it in front of a police officer, but um, drinking was more, uh, what's the word? When I was 19 mm-hmm. and 20, oh, man, there was something romantic. Oh, sure. Almost. Sure. When I got to 21, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know. Lost I mean, its luster a yeah, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, does, it does lose a little bit of its luster. It's a little bit. The thrill of, yes. Yeah. yeah I think I think uh, a lot of people were there at the same mindset. And um, so I see what you're saying, that, yeah. that um, once it becomes legal, maybe people won't want to do it. But I think the young folks, and you remember this, um, even under proposed bill, it's 21 is, is, yeah. the, is the age, just like alcohol. So, you know, our teenagers who are the most vulnerable will be the ones that will still so be seeking it out. legally, they won't be allowed to smoke it. Correct. Uh, under the proposed bill yeah hmm. so only only time will tell but i just don't think it's um you know our society as a whole we need another psych- psychoactive ingredient added into our systems um i know that there's alcohol is prevalent and we're always combating you know safety on our roadways and that's my main uh fight ray when i've discussed this um and i testified at the capitol a couple of days ago um that we're concerned with with public safety and right now, there's no admissible field test that will let us know if you're impaired on the road. And that's something that that myself and all of law enforcement will never be comfortable with until we have something to tell if you're impaired. And, and you know, you have family on the road. I have family on the road. And, yeah. and we can't tolerate that. Yeah, I uh, I, I wonder. I, listen, it's, it's inevitable, I think. I think it's going to happen. But I wonder how – I just wonder how life will be different after it. That's my only question. I'm not, I'm not – against it by any means but i just i wonder how life will be different well i can tell you in colorado um that homelessness has exploded every reportable crime rate is up um, traffic fatalities are up and i'm afraid ray that that uh, our life will be changed in a negative way by having this i think the the money that's brought in off of it will not offset societal costs hmm. yeah i uh, i saw you in a picture the other day with governor pritzker what was the picture Oh, it was a Scott's Law press conference. That's what it yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, the, uh, with the enforcement. How, how are you guys handling the enforcement of that law? Going well. And, you know, I, I said the other day to somebody else that um, in my career, um, other than 9-11 that brought er, you know, our entire country together, uh, law enforcement, this is the biggest I've seen them come together and really work collectively um, on an issue of the Scott's Law. And if you look at the, the traffic fatalities that we had just due to yeah. – uh, people not getting over and Ray this is also um, uh, goes hand in hand with distracted driving you know I think that people are not yeah, I don't over. understand that yeah the texting and driving talking on the cell phone how do you not because Greg and I've had this discussion how can you not see 
a half a mile out in front of you that this is happening and, and automatically move over. You know what? That's the one thing that, that does um, strengthen me a little bit is I am seeing more compliance from a farther distance. Yeah. And I travel the highway every day on my way to work, and I see if a car is broke down or there's a, a state trooper has somebody pulled over. I see more and more people are getting over much faster, not waiting until they get right on top of that car. Even yeah. people that used to get over, they would wait too long, and then they could be blocked off. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing more compliance, but um, it, it's we have to get rid of the distracted driving also to go along with that Scott's Law. Well, we want we got to get rid of these people who are driving like this, and uh, they got the cell phone down here. Oh, yeah. While they're driving, and, and they're not watching the road. Right. Those you know, are the people our who are cars, distracted. Yes, and our cars are filled with distractions. You think about all the electronic devices we have yeah. in our cars anymore, and it's filled full of that. And then you couple that with uh, the difficulties of a world is getting more complex. You know, there's more things on your mind. It's stressful. Your job is stressful. Too many things going on, and driving has to be a full-time job. You're driving a 5,000-pound missile down the highway, and we need you to pay attention. I saw somebody. I was on Route 4. I saw somebody driving and watching Netflix on an iPad. Unbelievable. At the same time. Right, right. Scary. Yep. Just frightening. Why can't it wait? What what was so yeah, What is so important in that episode of Riverdale that you're watching? Exactly. That you have to do it while driving. That's yep. astonishing to me. Right. Uh okay, so let me let me because I we're running out of time. Uh right now. As long as you have a high school diploma and you can physically uh, do a handful of, of simple things, right, you can become a corrections officer for Sagamon County. Right. Love for you to fill out the application. You know, the starting salary is about $35,000, full benefits. Um, you walk in the door with um, – you get 12 sick days, you know, a sick day a month. Oh, uh, you guys get actual sick days? You get, you get, oh, wow. You get a sick well, day a month, you, I might, I should think 10 vacation that. days. Um, you know, we have 13 holidays you'll make overtime on. And there's many overtime opportunity, opportunities also while you're working in, in, uh, in the jail. So um, they, it's a pretty good living. Hmm. I, I, it sounds great. And like you said, if your goal is to one day become a police officer, it's a, a lot of guys, they start out as corrections officers. Good way to get your foot in the door and, and to see if this is for you or not. And you're on the list for how long once you apply? It's, it's a two-year list. Okay. So you'll be on there for two years. And um, we have several openings right now, so we expect to make some pretty quick um, you know, hirings. Pretty, you know, very... and, and as low as 19 can apply. Exactly. As long I'll as you turn it. 21 within the two years. Hey, it's always good to see you, my friend. Ray, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Congratulations. Good to see you, Greg. Thank you. Congratulations again. You know, I, 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 you're just one of my favorite people. And uh, I'll tell you what, Sagamon County's been doing very good since you took over as sheriff. I appreciate it. We're working hard. I'm a big fan. It's Jack Campbell, Thanks, our sheriff, joining us on the Ray Lytle Morning Show.